I was going to show a picture and introduce my family, but you saw them all earlier. For those of you who are new or who don't know me, um, my name is Leah. Um, I'm Pastor Bray and Diane's oldest daughter. I'm the oldest of five, and I'm Pastor Evan's wife. I have three beautiful kids. You saw them earlier. Aaliyah. Aaliyah is 10. Noah is eight, and Honor is four. And Noah and Honor stayed in here today to hear me. <laughs> they promised they would behave. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited to be able to speak to you guys this morning. This is a message that I feel like God has been um, speaking to me for the last few months. I started writing a song about this topic. I was hoping it'd be finished for today, but it's not. But it's coming soon. But it's kind of like the Holy Spirit started stirring this stuff up in me. Uh, for a while now, so I'm excited to share it with you guys. I really do believe that it's going to be something life-changing for you if you open up and receive, and I titled it, Awake and Arise. Um, this is spring, right? We've got one more month of spring. How many of you love the spring season? I love the spring, I love Christmas time, I do have to admit, that is my absolute favorite time of the year. But spring is a close second because spring is when dead things come back to life, right? In the winter and the cold and the harsh um, atmosphere and harsh environment, everything dies off and everything's just kind of sad looking. But in spring, the rain comes, refreshing comes, and all of this new life starts to sprout up. And it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And it's the same thing that God does for us. We could go through difficult seasons and difficult circumstances and we start to die on the inside a little bit or we start to fall asleep spiritually. Am I the only one that that's happened to before? (laughs) And the great thing about God is whenever we get in his presence and we get, we encounter him and we encounter his love and we get in the sunlight of his love and his life, we come back alive and we wake up. And that's what I believe that God's going to do for some of you this morning. The Holy Spirit, I'm, I prayed this morning and I was like, God, I don't want anything I say to be my words. I want every word that comes out of my mouth to come straight from your heart to the hearts of your people. And so I believe that when I'm speaking this morning, these words that are coming out of my mouth are the Holy Spirit's words that are going to cause you to come back to life. Some of you have been through so much so much disappointment, so much difficulty, so many hard times and hard things that you are just flatlined. You are just spiritually asleep, spiritually dead, and you can't wake yourself back up. I've been there. But the Holy Spirit is here today. And he is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and he's here to raise you back to life. Amen? I was thinking of an illustration about this, and my mom and dad moved to Baton Rouge, uh, how long ago? A year ago, and when they first moved, they were moving into an apartment, and they were moving from this big house with the beautiful courtyard, and they had made it like a sanctuary of beautiful plants, and uh, it really was like a great place. My mom would go out there and pray and read, and she loved, it had a fountain and just life all around, green, beautiful life. And mom made the mistake of entrusting me with her plants. I warned her. I said, mom, 
I am not the one to do this job. I kill every plant that I have. Even Miss Irene blessed me with another plant, and I killed it already. It's been a couple weeks. I was, I'm going to go ahead and confess. You haven't seen it yet, but it's a matter of time. You're going to know it's dead, too. <laughs> but I warned my mom. I said, Mom, don't give the plants to me. They are going to die. You love these things. And she was like, no, I'll pay Allie. I'll pay Allie a little bit, and Allie can water and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, mom believed in me too much, as moms do. I failed. <laughs> I failed that test. And these plants now, they're very sad. I have a bunch of empty pots with, like, some little sticks and some dry soil. It's like a graveyard of plants in my back. It's really sad. For a birthday party at our house the other day, we just hid them all. <laughs> we had just, like, a pile of dead plants. <clears throat> but... The awesome thing about God's creation is even if it hasn't been taken care of and even if it hasn't been covered and freeze comes and those things are just knocked out, if you cut off the dead, you cut off those dead leaves and you kind of prune it back and you water it and you take care of it and you get it in the sunlight, it's amazing. These plants are resilient and they just come back. They spring up. And it's the same for us. We are God's creation. And when we get in his presence... And we get rid of the junk that's keeping us dead. He causes us to come back to life. Proverbs eleven twenty eight, in the Passion says, the lovers of God rise up like flowers in the spring. Isn't that awesome? I'm so, I'm really weird about some things. I really wanted to wear a flower dress today to dip to be a living illustration of my message, but I couldn't find one that looked good on me. So it would have been really good, though, if I would have had a flower dress and we had scriptures about flowers. Didn't happen. <laughs> but, but what I really love about God and all that I've ever known from God, what the Bible says is he makes all things new. And that's all I've ever known from him. When I've turned away and I've made dumb decisions and I've kind of gone off and paid the price and kind of fallen asleep spiritually, God, every time when I turn to him, he makes all things new for me. When I think I've gone too far and I've made too many mistakes and I am too, I'm, I'm too far gone. When I turn to him every single time, he has this miracle working power of making all things new. And he wants to do the same for you. Isaiah 52 says this. This is the new living. We might have this one. Um, and when I'm reading this, I want you to receive it as God saying this to you. It says, wake up, wake up, clothe yourself with strength. Rise from the dust. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter, or if you're a man, O captive son. I'm going to read it again. Wake up. Wake up. There's a sound going out in the spirit right now, and it's saying, it's speaking to your spirit, and it's saying, wake up. Rise from the dust. Remove those chains of slavery from your neck, those things that have kept you bound. Today is your resurrection day. 
Today, I've been praying it all week. Today is your resurrection day. Today is gonna be like a great awakening for you. Today is gonna be a day you're gonna remember Mother's Day 2017 is the day that God turned everything around for me. Amen? How many of you are morning people? Raise your hands. I really don't like you guys that much. I don't like that about you. I really do. I'm jealous, actually. I'm jealous of morning people. I really, I'm I'm not really a morning person or a late night person. (laughs) You have to catch me at the perfect time of day. (laughs) I'm I'm more of a morning person than a night person. I have to be because I'm a mom of three kids. But growing up in school, um, Mornings were like pure torture. You know, if you're in school, you know, just work. With work, you have to get up early. It's not fun, right? But my dad had a really creative way of waking us kids up. I guess with five kids, you can't just do the normal thing. So dad did it in a really, really obnoxious way. I've heard, I think this is a myth, I don't know. But I've heard that some parents wake up their kids like, coming in, rubbing their back. Wake up, sweetheart, I've got breakfast cooked for you. Come on down the stairs. I've never experienced that. I don't know if that's real. Is that real? Has anyone? (laughs) It doesn't work, does it? That kind of method doesn't work. My dad, what he would do, tell you can say if I'm lying, he would come up the stairs and he would sing as loud as possible and it was like an aggravating song, like, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, it's time to rise and shine, <laughs> something like that. And he would just keep doing it over and over until you got up. It's true, isn't it? If that method didn't work, then he would try, he would get a cup of cold water. See, Becca's saying it before I'm saying it because it's so true. He'd get a cup of ice cold water. He'd come right up to your face, he'd dip his fingers in it, and he'd just start splashing your face, and he would not quit until you got up. It's true. Yes, but it it worked. It did work. It was aggravating. We didn't get up maybe in the best mood, but it worked. (laughs) Does anybody else have any stories like that? No? That's just us? Okay. But, you know, if you stay comfortable, you're not getting up. My bed is like heaven. I've got it just right. I've got the sheets. They're soft and they're cold. And I've got the fluffy feather pillows and like the cloud-like comforter. And I keep my room like really dark when I'm sleeping. And it's like the place you want to be. And if I don't have to get up, I'm not getting up because that's too comfortable. But sometimes it takes discomfort. It takes uncomfortable things to cause us to get up, right? And it's the same for us spiritually speaking. Sometimes we have to hear things that we don't want to hear. We have to face things we don't want to face. We have to go through things we don't want to go through to really wake up and rise up into who we are in God and what he's called us to do, right? So today, uh, it is Mother's Day, and of course, I don't, Moms don't need any more pressure put on them. Moms don't need any more, any of that. And so that's not my goal today is to make you feel like more weighed down. 
but sometimes we do have to hear things that are uncomfortable. So today we're going to be talking about things that we have to get rid of and deal with and face so that we can really wake up and rise up. So let's just say, all right, let's just get uncomfortable just for a minute, right? All right. So what are some things that cause us to fall asleep, spiritually speaking? It could be sin, just allowing things in your life that get in the way of your relationship with God, get in the way of that, um, take the place of your affection for God. You're loving these things more than you're loving God. It could be disappointments and failures. You started out maybe um, serving God, living for God, loving God, and then disappointments came and failures came, and now you're just flatlined. You started out excited, and now you're like this. It could just be distractions. There's distractions everywhere. There's so many things to do. There's always a place to be. There's always something going on. And if you're not careful, just distractions can lull you to sleep. And your spirit isn't really alive in God anymore and who you are and who you're supposed to be and what you're called to do because you're just busy just doing a bunch of stuff because your priorities aren't in order. And... I think this is a really big one. I talked about it a second ago. Pressure. Just pressure. So much pressure. There gets to a a point where you're like, I can't take any more pressure. So I'm like, done. I'm not fighting anymore. This is too much. You learn to just survive. I'm just surviving. I'm no longer living. I'm no longer like running with God and running in my purpose. I am, all I can do is survive. Has anybody else been there? I've been there. But we have to be fully awake. We have to be fully awake. To be fully awake, we have to get up. You can't just wake up. If you're in your bed, your alarm goes off, you can press snooze a million times and fall right back to sleep. The only way you're fully awake is when that alarm goes off. You get up, go get your coffee, and get yourself ready. Then you're fully awake and you're doing what you're called to do, right? In the spirit, that's the case. You can't just wake up and be like, that's true. That makes sense. My spirit's coming alive. You got to like really wake up and rise up. So I'm just going to go through a few things. We've already had church. Um, I'm not going to take that long, but I just wanted to go through four different steps to waking up and rising up. Is everybody good? Everybody's with me? Okay. The first thing is this, and this is like the most important thing. You can't do these other steps that come next and skip this first one. The first thing is you have to hear the voice of the Lord and encounter his love. Because if you just start like you recognize, okay, I'm not really being who I need to be. I'm not really doing what I need to do. So let me just try behavior modification. I'm going to just try to do better, and I'm going to try to be better, and I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to work myself into this. Then you're just doing religious activity, and you're just going to get worn out. The first thing is you have to hear the voice of the Lord. What is he saying to you? And encounter his love. It changes everything. It changes everything. I wanted to read um, these lyrics to this song to y'all. 
I really love it. It's from this song called You Came um, by Bethel. And it says, you said death's only sleeping. With one word, my heart was beating. I rose up from my grave. My fear was turned to faith. Let me read this part again. With one word, my heart was beating. I rose up from my grave. I love this song so much because it's so relevant to me. That is what I've known. That is what my experience with God has been. Um, I was thinking about whenever we had moved to Baton Rouge um, years back. Some of you have heard this, uh, bits and pieces of this, but Evan and I had moved to Baton Rouge and we were starting um, a ministry at LSU. And um, a few months in, I like started battling like sickness and there, I went to all these different doctors and there was no answer. And, um, and then the effect of that, I started like battling depression and it was, I remember just feeling so alone and so, uh, just hopeless like, I can't get myself out of this. I, there is, I don't know the answer. I tried reading books. I tried um, distracting myself by just watching way too much TV. And just, I went through like the shopping phase where I spent way too much money just trying to do things to make myself feel better and to distract myself from how I was feeling physically and everything. And, uh, it wasn't until this one moment when I remember, and I know it was the grace of God, I remember going on the keyboard, and I just started to play the few chords that I knew, and I just started to sing to God my testimony of what he had done for me in the past and who he was to me and what he's always been to me. And I just started to like cry out to him. And I was just saying, I remember this one phrase that I kept saying to God, I kept saying, God, I can hold on to you because I know that you're holding on to me. And I just said it over and over. I kept saying, God, I can hold on to you because I know that you're holding on to me. And it was this, I started to experience his love and I started to hear him singing over me. Obviously not literally. But I started to just recognize how much he loved me and how faithful he was. And how even though I was so weak, he was holding on to me and he was drawing me back. He was pulling me out of that funk that I was in. And only he could do it. Only he could do it. And it was in an instant. It was in an instant. I felt like a weight come off of me. I felt like this heaviness, this that I couldn't snap out of came off. And the pain that I had been dealing with was just starting to go away. And obviously, I had to walk it out. And obviously, it wasn't like, now it's a miracle and I've got it all together. It was a, it was a um, progression, but it wasn't an instant something changed in me. And I came alive and I woke up. I had been spiritually just like blinded and asleep. And in an instant, in his presence, I woke up. 
and there's nothing different about me than you. There's nothing special about me that some reason God just came in and rescued me, but he doesn't want to do it for other people. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God for me that he is to you, and he loves you just as much. And he sees you. He sees you. He sees your pain. He sees that heaviness. He sees those things that you're carrying and you can't get out. He sees you and he loves you and he's here and he wants to wake you up. He wants to bring you back to life. He wants to take that junk off of you. Amen? I told y'all I was going to get emotional. We awake in his presence. We awake in his presence and our worship ushers in a new day. Psalms 57 verse 8. And this is the passion, so I don't think they're going to have it on the screen. But I want you to listen to these words. Now my nose is running. It says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of his splendor song. Awake, O my soul, with the music of his splendor song. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, soul, wake up. you got to start stirring yourself. Wake up, wake up. In worship, in his presence, wake up, soul, wake up. Arise, my soul, and sing his praises. Arise, my soul, sing his praises. My worship will awaken the dawn. Greeting the daybreak with my songs of light. My worship will awaken the dawn. So not only in his presence, we remind ourselves who he is. We remind ourselves how good he is. And we tell our souls, wake up. Wake up. I'm not staying like this. I'm not staying numb like this. I'm not staying asleep like this. I got to wake up. Life is more than what this has been. I know life is better than what I've been experiencing. In his presence, wake up, wake up. And then it said, my worship will awaken the dawn. Dawn is the time, it's the moment that marks the beginning of a new day. When we worship, not only are we waking up, but we're ushering in a new day, a new season, a new beginning. And I want to tell you, and I want to prophesy to you that today is that day for you. Today is that new day for you. In Jesus' name, today is that new day for you. Your worship ushers in a new day. John 5.25. I got to speed up because I'm running out of time. Um. It says, the time has arrived, I mean right now, when dead men and women will hear the voice of Jesus and hearing will come alive. And this is that voice that I was just talking about, that voice of Jesus that causes you to come alive. It's Psalm 62. And it says, all the strength and power you need flows from me. All the love you need is found in me. The greater your passion for more, the greater reward I will give you. God is saying today, all that you need, 
all that strength that you need that you feel like you don't have any, it's found in him. That love that you need, that power that you need, it's found in him. And the more that you want, the more he's got for you. Hearing that and believing that is what causes you to start to come alive. It causes you to start to wake up. I don't, I think I'm only going to be able to do half of these points. I'll do one more and um, I'll have to do the rest later. Um, the second one is this. You have to believe that you are who he says you are. To wake up and to rise up to who you are in God and to your calling, you have to believe that you are who he says you are, not what your circumstances say. Not what you feel, not what other people have told you. You are who God says that you are. We have to get rid of comparison. I think with moms, women, especially, that's a big thing. Always comparing. We find who we are in him. We trade our weaknesses for his strengths. I used to think that... Um, the only people who can really preach, the only people who can really lead, the only people who can really be effective in ministry are people who are born with a certain kind of personality. And so I counted myself out because I'm more introverted and I'm more, I'd much rather be by myself a lot of times by nature. And so that's not for me, doing that kind of stuff. That makes me super uncomfortable, and I'm scared to do it. That's not for me. That's for those people who are, like, super bold and loud and outgoing. And But over time, and it's still like I'm a work in progress for sure, but over time, God has caused me to see my weaknesses, like, as a gift. My weaknesses, my personality as a gift because he's called me to do these kind of things that are so outside of myself. So instead of relying on my own abilities, every time I come on stage to lead worship, I'm like, God, you know me. And you know I can't do this by myself. I need you. And when I lean on him like that, and I give him all of my weakness and all of my fear. And I say, it's yours, God, and I need your strength. I need your grace. He meets me every time. And so to me, I feel like it's a gift that I have that I know I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. So we don't need any like positive, motivational messages about you're awesome, you're great. Obviously, those things are good to hear, but the truth is we don't need to be all about ourselves anyway. We all have weaknesses. We all have issues. So forget about self-confidence. It's useless. God confidence is what we have to cultivate. Okay, I'm going to finish this. Point two. I really wish that I could finish everything, but we'll continue. Um, Romans 12, 6. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Isn't that liberating? 
let's just go ahead and be who you're supposed to be and I'll be me. And we do what God's called us to do without always comparing ourselves. There's freedom in that. I'm me. I don't preach like my dad, who is one of the best preachers in the whole world, in my opinion. I don't preach like my husband, who I could say the same thing about. I don't preach like my mom. I'm me. I'm doing what God's called me to do in the anointing that he's placed on my life with my personality, with my weaknesses, with my issues, with my strengths and everything else. And it's the same for you. So many times people feel like, well, that's not for me because that makes me uncomfortable. That's not for me because that's like, um, I'm scared to do that. The truth is when you start to see yourself how God sees you, you're bold enough to step out and do the things that make you scared. And that's how you really make a difference. That's how you really walk in your calling. That's how you really live out your life that he calls you to live. And it's way more fun, I promise you. I used to think I'm the person who... I can't speak, I can't share, I'll just be a good listener, which everybody needs a good listener too. I'm not saying that's, I'm not counting that out. But there's so much more for you if you overcome fear. I'm going to finish on this. Ephesians 3.8 says, and this is Paul speaking, and he says, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. But God saw to it that I was equipped. You can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. So here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. I love it because I could have said that. Here I am. I'm preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. But you know why? You know why I can do that? Because God said that I can. Because God said that I can. I'm not the most qualified. I'm not the most gifted. I'm not the most talented. It doesn't matter. I'm believing that I am who God says that I am. And I can do what he says that I can do. And it's the same for you. We have to get rid of fear, get rid of comparison, get rid of insecurities. Get rid of those lies that we believe that tell you who you are and who you're not. And really start to find who you are in God. Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, we love you. And I thank you, Father, for how good you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. And Lord, I thank you for your resurrection power. I thank you, Lord, that you have that miracle working power that causes dead things to come to life. I thank you, Lord, that you have that ability to cause those that are asleep in the spirit to wake up to who you are, to how much you love them, to what you've called them to, to who they are in you. And Lord, I pray right now that you just blow across this room and you begin to do a deep work in hearts and in lives and minds. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing transformations. If you feel like this is for you, 
I just want you to lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. I just want you to lift your hand and receive. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for those that are lifting their hands, God. Lord, I just apply your blood over them right now. I thank you that you are covering their minds. You're renewing their minds. You're causing them to see themselves the way that you see them, Lord. I thank you that they are encountering your love. Even this week, I thank you that they're encountering your love every day. They're hearing your voice for real. And I thank you, Lord, that they are beginning to wake up and rise up. To wake up and to rise up. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand. We'll finish the message later. Everybody have an awesome Mother's Day. Thank you for coming. Hug your neighbor on your way out. Love you guys.